Coming live from Miami, Florida, USA is our guest this evening. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Steven Perchikov, founder and CEO of Art of Sales, an agency and consultancy focused on helping innovative management consultancies, recruiting, staffing companies, and technology companies drive more pipeline and close more deals. Welcome to the show, Steven. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks for the introduction. I love your enthusiasm. I love your energy. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And I love the value that you are about to bring to the audience. And for a focus, as I said earlier on, we'll be talking about how to make sure that, you know, you reach the right inboxes in these times of spams and without you spamming. And, you know, especially we'll be talking about LinkedIn and general email, how to stand out in someone's inbox, either it's either email or LinkedIn in these times of spam. That's the topic. And we'll be talking about that. Uh, but before that, uh, Stephen, I just wanted to understand about your company. You are the CEO of Art of Sales. And agency. what does your company do? Yeah, absolutely. So we're a sales and business development agency and consultancy. A large part of what we do for our clients is we help them generate more opportunities, more sales calls. That's a big part of our business. We work mostly with B2B businesses, really only with B2B businesses, specifically in professional services, cons management consultancies, software companies, staffing and recruiting firms. And we create the right strategies for them on LinkedIn and email to get them the attention that they want and the opportunities that they like created. Sometimes we do this as an agency service where we do that for them and our team sets up the calls for them. And then other times we show them the processes, teach them how to do it, build it for them inside their business, and then they own it. The end result is always the same, more opportunities, more sales calls, and more new business. Right, 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 Stephen. So uh, coming to the topic of today, how to uh, stand out in someone's inbox. Now, uh, you are an expert of all these things. I have received several times emails, people saying, you know, just after a couple of days of sending an email, their follow-up mail says, you know, this is just to be on top of your inbox. Mm -hmm. And that's why they have just sent that email. I I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are experiencing this in their own emails, uh, inboxes. Uh, how do you look at this part of professionalism? Is that the right way to reach inboxes and to be on top of inboxes? Because that can be, uh, that can be a way to do that. But I don't know if it will lead to a good impression. I want to uh, start from that. How do you look at it in your part of the world and from a very professional angle? Yeah, absolutely. So part of it, part of anything is, is the touch points, right? In, in some sense, there is an element of this that is a numbers game, right? Um, you touch people enough times with the right message, you get a response. So yes, persistence helps. But there's also a fine line between persistence and quality, right? There's this kind of this fine line. 
where being persistent is easier than it ever has been because there's tools to make you persistent. There's templates you can just steal offline and just put them in a tool and click go. And then it automates persistency. So that's not enough anymore. What you need now is also the ability to stand above the noise. So I call this scalable personalization. It's this idea where you're able to scale intimacy. How are you able to send a message out to a few hundred people and each one of them feeling that that message was written just for them? That is how you do this. So I can go into that a little bit if you like, like what, how yes, to actually yes, execute Yes, that. please. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. So the way, the way to actually do that is to leverage these tools, these automation tools intelligently by doing your research first and thinking strategically first. So I'll give you an example. I actually worked not too long ago with an Indian fintech software company. Um, they are in the space of helping financial institutions uh, better optimize their processes, their documents, things like this. And their tool actually had a number of different functionalities, 30 different functionalities, all complicated, helping banks and, and all this kind of stuff. And so we found out, we looked deeply at what the tool does. And we found one thing specifically that it did better than others is that it helped banks transition from SOFR to LIBOR, which is a big, big document. There's a lot of documents being transitioned, a lot of like regulations that were being traditioned within the banks. And why did we choose that? We chose that because this transition within banks had to happen within the next year. So there was urgency there. Then we also saw that pulling names on LinkedIn we saw that there was a lot of professionals who were LIBOR specialists. They were huge departments dedicated to this transition from SOFR to LIBOR. Why was this important? Well, it was important because there's urgency and because I saw we saw that it was relatively easy to create this very targeted list of exact decision makers who had urgency. And so when you take a list like that and you put it into a clever automation sequence, you find a thousand people from you find a thousand people around all the banks and then you're able to send a four or five message sequence that sounds personalized like hi frank great to connect and see your libor experience at bank of america i'm in a similar space too i help libor professionals transition well these people are not getting messages like this very often nobody is targeting libor professionals right, right. nobody is mentioning this to them in this way so there's almost always an angle that you can think of Another example, we recently worked with a recruiting company. She focuses on helping startups find placements. Well, if you just target startups and tell them you're a recruiter, it's not going to work. What we did was we looked deeper. What, what's her specialty? Well, one of her specialties is that she worked very closely with accelerators in the past. So we target, we made a list of accelerators. Another thing is she's based in the Netherlands. So we focused on, and she's helped companies expand from the United States to Europe before. So we use that as a message and we look for companies that recently raised. The other thing is because she's in the Netherlands, she speaks Dutch. So we made a whole list in the Netherlands of Dutch speakers so that we can send them messages in Dutch, which is, again, something that not a lot of people are doing. So these little tricks, when you can think of it, you can start to use automation intelligently and stand out above the noise. And that is how that's where the magic is, essentially. Right, right, right. right. Now, a lot of this messaging, you know, your inboxes, when we mean inboxes, then we mean 
email inboxes as well as a lot of messaging is happening on LinkedIn. That's also uh, there, that particular part of inbox. On email, you can send emails and somebody, if they don't like it, either they can put it in the spam or junk or they can block you. But there you can still do the automation part. On LinkedIn, uh, if you do it, there also there are options. But how does it automation work there on LinkedIn? How do you send those personalized emails, uh, uh, say uh, 10, 10 emails at the same time, 20 emails at the same time? How do you do that and still personalize it? Can you automate it? And will, if, there, if you are doing too much of automation on LinkedIn, will the LinkedIn uh, system uh, catch it, uh, look at it negatively? How does it work? for especially yeah. for businesses small businesses if you look at it yeah you can automate it there are tools that let you automate it there are some tools that are better than others one tool that we recommend is always a tool called ulink uh that's our favorite tool that's what we use for all of our clients it does a lot of the connections the messages the outreach all that fun stuff so highly highly recommend this tool and what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to take a sales a link from linkedin of an audience like let's say these LIBOR professionals, you take this audience, you plug it into the tool, the tool will then scrape all of those contacts, and then it will connect with them 50 to 100 at a time, and send them these messages that you wrote. So the tool just amplifies your efforts, you can use it intelligently and wisely, or you can use it like a spammer. And if you use it like a spammer, you'll get results like a spammer. Um, but if you use it intelligently and wisely, you'll get results like an intelligent business owner. That's just how it's going to work. Right, right. Let's make it uh, go to a bit of basics in terms of this inboxes and messaging strategy. Uh, a lot of people start their relationship online, business relationships, I, I mean here. Now, what is the right way to connect on LinkedIn, your, their inboxes? How do you uh, plan your messaging there? What is the type of message that works? How should somebody use that part, the inbox part, whether and specifically, as I said, email, normal in, email inboxes, as well as LinkedIn messaging. How okay. do you do that? Is it going to be too long messages, very small? How does it work? How does one start on the best foot, take the best yeah. foot forward? Yeah, so I'm a big fan. So... It starts in the beginning of what I described, which is thinking of the strategy and the audiences and all that stuff. Then the messaging part is actually pretty easy. If you can think of the strategy, the messaging part is actually pretty easy. And the best messages are short messages. They're going to be five, six sentences at the most, at the most. So you don't want to do long messages ever. You want to keep them short and you want to keep them relevant. I'll give you an example. Uh, another recruited client, um, we found out that he helped grow a, travel company. He helped them put it place 15 hires or something like this. So we made a list of all the heads of talent at these major travel companies and we sent them a message and the message, the first message said something like, hi, Frank, great to see you. Great to see your experience in talent and the hospitality industry. I'm in a similar space too, which is part of why I'm reaching out. I wanted to connect because we recently helped a 
uh, hotel and travel group hire 15 candidates. And through that process, we built a very large, we've built a database of, of hospitality professionals, senior level hospitality professionals that are looking for work and looking for the right opportunity. Although we mostly work in Silicon Valley and executive search, I thought this, I'm really enjoying our time in the hospitality industry. And I wanted to connect and learn more about you and share what we're doing. Um, are you open to connect later this week or next? And so I can learn about your hiring needs. So that kind of message is hyper relevant. It's short, it's five sentences, it's friendly. It has a pitch in it, it has, it has a pitch, but the pitch is super relevant. It's not saying you want 10 leads a month, you want 10 sales a month. It's just like kind of just saying you're dropping seeds to kind of spark their interest, to make them feel like there's something here and you have them pick it up without forcing it down their throat. And then you have three or four messages that are similar to that. And then you have that being sent to many different subgroups of people. And that's when your inbox starts to get full of opportunities. Right. You see, uh, it's the time of call to actions. So what's the call to action here means in the inbox. Otherwise, all these new people who are uh, talking so much about call to actions, how does it fit in here or this message without that sort of a call to action will still work. Yeah, I mean, the call to action is to connect with someone. And the call to action is, you know, the end sentence is essentially like, you know, I'd love to learn more about you and share some of what we've built. Are you open to a chat later this week or next? That's it. That's the call to action. It's not a hard pitch in any way. It's a call to action to have a conversation and to build a relationship. But it's not a virtual coffee either, because if you do those, you get a bunch of calls with people that pointless, that are pointless, just pure networking calls. They feel a little pointless. So you got to find the balance between the two, between being polite and friendly and relationship building, but also dropping a few seeds in the message that indicate you have something that is worth talking about. And there's a potential here for a business relationship, not just a virtual coffee. And that's where you want to, that's how you want to craft the message. Right. Uh, Steven, your company is about the art of sales. So where does your company come in here? If somebody wants to engage with you and you are taking care of the messaging part, how does yeah. it work? Because where do you take that turn and actually pitch for the sales part? Yeah. So yeah, the, the, our business is artofsalesacademy.com. Um, clients come to us either they, where we usually work with clients is the top of the funnel. So we craft these messages for them. We set up the systems, we manage it. We have a team that crafts these messages. We have someone in, who manages the inboxes, all those sorts of things and books, the calls, handles the back and forth conversations, schedules, the calls. We have teams that handle all of them. So we kind of give companies like a, this business development team for them to, to leverage. And then those people help uh, do what needs to be done to get them calls, schedule the calls, and then the client has the calls. That's where we kind of step away. The client takes the calls. We'll listen to the call recordings if they need a little support. And we'll also have a, you know, a monthly call with them and talk to them, Slack and email, making sure that they're getting the calls that they need and that we're helping them as we should. So that's where we usually play, in the top of the funnel, sort of like your outsourced business development team 
sales development team. We get them interested. We book the calls. You handle You and your team handle the sales calls. We get the opportunity set up. And then, of course, also, um, we, uh, you know, for some clients, they don't want us to handle it. They want to own this process. So we'll set up the software for them, write the messages, teach them how to use it, show them that it's working, get them the calls, and then we hand them the keys. Right, right. And now, a lot of you see, Stephen, is the artificial intelligence stuff in writing. A lot of people are taking help uh, of artificial intelligence softwares, all those tools that have come uh, free and people are also going through. Uh, what is your suggestion, your experience? How much do you use yourself in terms of writing messages to your business contacts or to create that relationship? That's, as I said, uh, relationship on the right foot. You want to take that uh, that thing at the beginning. You start yeah. on the best note possible. How do yeah. you see that? Is it working? Is it Does it work? Or it, is it like it won't bring that thing that uh, individual writing will bring? Yeah. I mean, if you know them already outside of the internet, then generally you should just write them like you would a friend. You don't send... AI automations to your friends, right? You just write them a message like you would normally. This strategy that I'm describing is more for cold outreach or for activating a list of people maybe you haven't spoken to to a long time, but you know you you kind of know them, but not really. You know, I I don't really believe too much in sending a lot of super handwritten personalized messages. I do think it works, but I think it's very hard to do it consistently. Um, I think we have these technologies, so you know we should use them, but use them intelligently. Right, right. So, more people uh, who want to, you know, consultants, freelancers who are talking to their potential clients all the time, small businesses. Not everybody can uh, afford automation. Maybe then, how do they? Uh, and even for big businesses who have budgets for these things, who can engage agencies like yours. How, what would you suggest in terms of the do's and don'ts of messaging, uh, especially to potential clients? How does it work? Or to take that first step or the next step forward yeah. towards sales? Yeah, I think I think I laid out a lot of the strategies um, in terms of the do's and don'ts. Definitely don't, you know, write long messages. Don't pitch too hard. Um, don't pitch hard at all. Um, just build the relationship, get some interest, share something to get their interest, um, build the relationship this way. And, you know, the results will follow. The real relationships are built on the phone. The real relationships are built like this, two people talking. You're not going to build super strong relationships typically just messaging back and forth with a stranger in the inbox. It's less likely. You know, B2B business relationships are mostly built through people getting to know each other. And, and the point of using these automations is to fast forward the point where you, are, you get them interested enough to get on a call to actually build the relationship. That's where the relationship is built, on, on phone calls like this, not on being in somebody's inbox for too long. Right, right. Uh, you people have this scalable personalization approach. What's that? Can you share that? Yeah, so this is what I'm describing. It's like scalable personalization is the idea where you can 
write messages to people that feel like they're handwritten, okay. but you're not handwriting them. You're using some automation and some good strategy to help with the scale. So that's how you scale personalization. Okay. Okay. So is it, is it about just a copy or is it more about research? Because how would a machine or anybody else know about a potential client? People generally say you do that research and each message should be uh, much more customized. Can, are there tools which can help clients do that or just the AI or any other copywriting tool? Your can mind. You have that. to use your mind. That's, those are the examples that I gave you with the LIBOR, the SOFA, the recruiters. That, that comes from your mind. You have to think creatively around where you could leverage the right strategy to scale personalization. You have to think about what, what the, what your unique skill sets are. What's a unique slice of the market that you can target with a kind of messaging. And that is how you, you start from there. And then, and then the tools help, but they are not something to lean on completely as the only thing you use. Right. Now, now uh, one thing one I thing wanted that... to understand from you, Stephen, is that uh, email tone, you still understand. LinkedIn, there is that professionalism you still understand. But a lot of businesses are also on Facebook, Instagram. Other tools are other social media uh, places, platforms are coming up. And people want to be businesses. They will go as many places as possible if it works for them, for their leads, for potential clients. So what should be the tone and tenor on different platforms for pitching for business because there also you have got those inboxes or direct messages if you uh, if, if, as they call it yeah uh, it's a lot harder I would say on Facebook and Instagram because of the limitations of the platform like you can't make targeted lists you can't there's certain things that make it a little harder but you can do it on Facebook just like connecting with 20 30 people a day and, and starting some conversations I know people do that and it, and it still works um, course content also helps right so facebook connecting people connecting with people sharing the content that brings people in into your world and then messaging and starting conversations it's like this combination of all these things that's that's what makes the magic right right uh, coming to your company what sort of people connect with you what sort of clients you have what sort of people can look up to you I'm, uh, the reason i'm asking is so that you know the audience or companies from, especially from India, if they want to connect with you and take your yeah. service. Yeah, B2B businesses, B2B businesses in software, professional services like IT, accounting, things like this, um, and staffing and recruiting firms as well are, are some of the biggest markets that we serve. Right, and how do they connect with you? Um, artistsalesacademy.com and then there's a button on the upper right hand side where you can actually schedule a call it just says book or schedule a call and that's the way you can schedule a call with either me or someone on my team right uh, my, uh, you earlier on talked about an Indian company if I heard it correct it was a fintech uh, mm -hmm. now fintech firm uh, do you work more uh, do you have other clients what are your what is your engagement uh, with 
Indian clients? Is there, are you expanding? Is there already existing uh, sort of relationship? Uh, how is it so that, you know, we understand? Yeah. yeah, I have had a number of clients actually based in India. So yeah, I'm familiar with working with them and I'm familiar with the crazy hours you guys are able to work. It's really impressive. So uh, I always, always respect that. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, yes, I do have a few clients from India and I've worked with a few clients from, from India who are actually based in India. So it's, it's been a really fun and interesting experience. Right, right. Great to know uh, this particular aspect of your business, that you have a strong relationship with, uh, do a lot of business with Indian clients. And I hope uh, this particular conversation leads to more sort of an opening of, of that, uh, that window for you for more engagement from clients from India. So with this, it's and thank you for all for all the answers, great uh, tips and strategies, how to actually, you know, make a standout in someone's inbox, especially on LinkedIn and email. So awesome. thank you so awesome. much once thank again. You so much. Thank you. Nice with to this, same here. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you once again. Awesome. Thank you.